Hey, I'm Courtney Brooke, and this is Hustle for Happiness podcast. We are all on this journey to find happiness, and let's face it, it takes work. And honestly, it's not always rainbows and butterflies. This podcast is dedicated to helping you navigate life and cut through the noise. As a certified life coach, recovering perfectionist, and survivor of the foster care system, I'm all about keeping things real. With my unique outlook on life that is truly infectious, we cover everything from achieving happiness and optimal self-care to stories of those sharing their wisdom and expertise. Thank you for showing up for yourself. Now, let's get started. Today, we have the privilege of exploring deeper into the world of Erin Fader, the accomplished jewelry designer whose creations embody empowerment, elegance, and the spirit of a modern woman. Erin's journey filled with creativity and dedication has graced the pages of renowned publications, walked the runways of fashion capitals, and adorned the necks, wrists, and fingers of celebrities. But Erin's story is more than just about jewelry. It's about finding strength, confidence, and beauty in the everyday, and how her designs empower women to conquer the world. Her belief that jewelry is the everyday armor resonates deeply with the essence of our podcast, Hustle for Happiness. In this episode, we'll explore Erin's remarkable journey from her beginnings as a gemologist to becoming a celebrated jewelry designer and the impact of her work on the world of fashion and empowerment. We'll also dive into her personal experiences, including the profound decision of placing a child for adoption and how she's navigated life's changes with resilience, determination, and a relentless hustle for happiness. So without further ado, let's step into Aaron Fader's world of elegance, empowerment, and everyday armor on this episode of Hustle for Happiness. I can't believe this is happening. So exciting. <laughs> We're in San Diego. We met in San Diego at a women's entrepreneur group. And I think that's when like our paths were meant to align. A hundred percent. This was like a years ago. Um, Erin was styling a fashion photo shoot at this women's entrepreneur group. And I was drawn to Erin. But before we get started in this episode, Erin, do you want to just share a little bit about yourself for the viewers and listeners? Absolutely. Um, so I'm Erin Fader, and I'm the owner and designer of Erin Fader Jewelry Design. We are here tonight because we are celebrating actually this evening the launch of our next collection, which is going to be launching in Paris Fashion Week in three weeks. So it is a very exciting time. I can imagine. And we're throwing a big party tonight here at the Mission to celebrate and basically to give all of our, you know, San Diego, California clientele and influencers an opportunity to come and see, touch and feel the collection before we launch in Paris. I mean, when you look back at this, did you think that you'd be here planning for Paris Fashion Week? Not like to mention these influencers. She has a solid following of just like this community. I I feel that through your Instagram and, you know, the energy again, you give off, you attract. And I'm sure everyone wants to support something so amazing with your name on it. Oh, thank you so much. That means so much to me. So, I mean, I just feel every day I'm just so grateful for this community that we've built. And, you know, it's constantly just women supporting women and all of these women that I've met through this journey like they constantly show up for me. And that's like just such a big thing for me. It's just like showing up for one another and like 
just always being each other's cheerleaders. It's really such a beautiful thing. And that's what we're meant to do for each other. And you're doing it through jewelry. Like, did you ever think building a community through jewelry was your calling? No, honestly, I basically like stumbled upon it, but I stumbled upon it in such a powerful way that it really, like when I did stumble, I was just, it almost like electric shocked me into like, this is my passion. This is what I want to do. I don't have any idea how or why or, you know, what, what is going to be the process, but I just fell in love with it so deeply. And that's the thing that like with jewelry for me, I feel like it's just such a powerful thing so much more powerful than just an accessory and like it connects women it connects you know men and women it connects all genders and it's like a piece that you know it's an heirloom it can be an heirloom it connects generations like it's just so much more powerful than just an accessory and I I completely haven't even like until I came across your line I didn't even think of jewelry in that light but you can trade it you can share it you can talk about it you can be a community amongst a piece of jewelry that brought you together in that community. How did you fall into jewelry? Did you have a past with it? Or like, because when I think about, and I'm sure the, the listeners here, like, I've always wanted to start something, but I don't know how. And I think that's the thing that limits us all is not knowing like, or maybe someone's going to take my idea. How do you overcome those thoughts or even back up, but how did you get started with something you didn't even know about? Sure. So I was always an artist growing up and I was encouraged to be an artist. My mother was an artist. And so I was always like creating no matter what it was. And I studied photography. I studied floral design, costume design. I was always working with my hands and that's where I found my piece. And so actually after doing all of those things and when I was going to um, community college because I didn't know what I wanted to do, I ended up meeting someone who owned a vintage store. And I had like multiple jobs, you know, trying to support myself at that age. And she was like, come be my first employee. And I started working for her. And it opened this world of history and jewelry and clothing and fashion. And I was just like, I was blown away. Like, I literally like would spend my (laughs) nights reading books about like fashion and history and jewelry instead of like going out. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, I just loved it. I fell you, in love. You were, so. I hear like for me, like it, you were ignited Absolutely. in like a healthy way. And like, yeah, you gave up, not gave up. You threw in the towel on going out for your passion. And I think that's what a lot of us, like once you find something you love, nothing really gets in the way or seems like you're missing out on. Did you feel that way at all? Like you were missing out on life or did you just love what you were doing when you were learning about it? Was that part of like learning was the building block of where you are? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that in anything in life, you know, if you can find yourself getting lost in it, whatever that is, like finding that time just doesn't even exist when you're when you're doing it. I think that is a a good thing to hold on to. Your jewelry line has so many unique designs. Like it's different. When I saw your jewelry design, it was different. It stood apart. Can you tell us about the inspiration behind your creation and what really you feel sets your brand apart? Absolutely. So I am truly inspired to create affordable luxury jewelry pieces. Yeah. I feel like jewelry elevates the everyday. And 
we also need to almost go back to the basics in order to do that. So like obviously what you're wearing right now, like a very chic black outfit. Look at how amazing it looks with these accessories that you're wearing. All the jewels, like they make help make the outfit. Yeah. And so I am inspired by, you know, creating essential pieces that do that. Also quality pieces that are going to last, that are also affordable to you. So like there's like basically like three different markets in the jewelry world. There's um, you've got your, you know, basic like gold plated stuff that's very inexpensive and cheap. And then you have the middle market and then you also have fine and high end. And we kind of are in the middle market. Okay. That's like our comfort zone. And that's where I feel like we can have so much more fun that way Yeah, because you can, you know, buy a hundred dollar, $200 this and like have fun with it instead of 3000, 5000. Yeah. And, but the quality is still there that it's going to last you forever because as long as you take care of it, it's, it's well made. And that is to me very sustainable, which is so important. Yeah. And also, again, just lets you have fun with accessories. For sure. Which you wouldn't be able to do, you can't do with the cheap stuff because it turns your skin green and tarnishes so fast. Yeah. And you have to and throw you, it away. Exactly. It's frustrating. And then, absolutely. And then you can't do it with the expensive stuff because you're like, oh my God, I'm afraid I'm going to lose this. Yes. Like, there's a time and a place or for all of that. you save it and you never use it. And oh it's my like, God, wait, absolutely. life goes on. And it's like, I don't want to ruin it. And it's like, no, we got to use our things. And I, absolutely. I mean, if you guys have looked at this jewelry, you're going to want to wear I like wear it every day. Like it's sexy. It's amazing. But okay, so we got the quality piece out of the way. Let's talk about the design. You talk sure. about wearing your body armor. Yes. Just break that down for all of us because it's so powerful. Oh, it really is. Thank you. Yeah. That means so much to me. <laughs> I am like, I feel like it's been, you know, again, like I told you, I've always felt the jewelry was so much more powerful when I studied the history and learned the history. Yeah. It's like, it's the only thing that can be passed down generation to generation. Yeah. And like, mean that like my grandmother or my aunt or someone wore this piece like yeah I mean it's just so incredibly beautiful clothing doesn't do that nothing else that we own yeah. can do that and Sentiment. so absolutely so as far as like the design and the everyday armor part so I just feel like when we put on our jewelry every day it is basically a ritual similar to putting on armor yeah so we put it on to connect with ourselves to protect ourselves and to empower ourselves. Yeah. And it just feels good. Like, I can't tell you how many women have told me that, like, your jewelry changed my life. I didn't really care about maybe putting myself together. Right. Or taking the time to, like, honor myself because I'm a really busy mom or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. But now that I have these pieces and I take that time and that whole experience, it it literally, like, changes who I am inside because I feel like I'm honoring myself. And I think that ritual piece is like, if you just magnified what you just said about the body, it's the ritual we put in like putting on that jewelry is like embodies confidence, embodies your intention. And I'm a super big advocate on being intentional. And if you keep things basic and simple, and then you have that armor or that ring that somebody's, I'm going to kick ass today, or Absolutely. I'm going to show up or, you know, you can pass these pieces down without breaking the bank too. And I think Absolutely. that is so like, that's another unification in itself, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to segue into just, you know, it's very evident you faced some various challenges and triumphs in your life. Can you discuss how your personal experience, including the difficult decision to place your child for adoption has influenced your approach to your business and creativity? Absolutely. Um, so when I was, when I was 18, I ended up having an unplanned pregnancy and, um, it ended up being with like 
my first love and all of these things. Um, And obviously it was a very traumatic experience, but to answer your question, just very specifically without getting into the details, um, it has inspired everything that I've done because I feel like I got a second chance in life. And I feel like it was a gift from God and I was chosen to do this because I could and and give a child to someone else who couldn't have that opportunity in their lives. Yeah. It is the greatest gift of love. And I yeah. um, I felt even at that age that that was, was my journey. And I had a lot of struggles and pain and just really challenges before then. And so it was an opportunity for me to shift my life and have a second opportunity to like find my passion, do what I love and, and basically, you know, become the best version of myself. Yeah. Without sacrificing, I just like important is yours. Like you didn't have to sacrifice the life of your child to get that second chance. And I think that's really big. And I'm huge advocate on not this self care piece. Cause I think like, it's so like, it's getting overplayed, but you had to be intentional about that decision, putting your child up for adoption. Um, and what were the, if you could bring us through, what were some of the emotions that you went through at that time and to make that decision? Um, yeah, I mean, so it was just physically and emotionally. Um, I just, I felt like I'm so sensitive. I'm such a sensitive person. And in my soul, I just felt like there was, you know, a child inside of me that I must bring to life. Yeah. And through, I mean, honestly, like I'm not a religious person, like I'm a very spiritual person, but through that time, you know, praying and needing some type of guidance because, you know, I'm hit with the hardest thing in my entire life, you know, ever, honestly. And so, and I came from a religious family. And um, so just honestly, like other pressures as well, like I didn't have the support of my boyfriend or his family, and I didn't have um, my family necessarily had their support. So I had to find, I had to figure it out on my own. Yes. And luckily there was this amazing center where I could go move to and live. And, you know, they opened their arms to women going through the situation and through that journey. um, That is, you know, I had a beautiful experience throughout it, knowing that I did the right decision. It takes courage, you guys. And we have to acknowledge Erin's piece on just the fact that she had to do what was best for her. And I think we can all love that younger Erin. I think we can love that Erin that had to make that decision that was best for you at that time. Mm -hmm. You know, that was your best decision for you. And that's super important. You know, I'm on the other side of it. I was the child that gets adopted or got adopted at nine years old. And You know, it's that thought of not being good enough or why did my mom? And it's really refreshing to hear that it wasn't that like from my background, just to back up you guys, everyone is I was in and out of the foster care system. So I was brought through that. I was telling you earlier, I felt like I was a social experiment to the government. Like, let's jerk her around in and out of foster care, getting removed from, I was removed from my mom nonstop. Like that's traumatic. Oh my God. Traumatic of in and out of your mother's care or just giving your kid to a safe home. I don't know. Like, I don't want to say it's worse or there's a bad or there's a better. It's, I really, I'm just like grateful that you shared your authentic, that what you had to do for you. And I think that's important. And you're not the only one out there of, I mean, obviously you're not the only one, but 
to make that decision for you and to love that part of you that had to make that decision, right? Yeah. I mean, it's been, you know, it's been 20 years since then too. Yeah. So it's been a long yeah. journey of healing. You were healing. 19? Yes. 18 when 19 when I gave birth, yes. Yeah. So it's taken, you know, for me to speak the way I do now on it has been a long healing journey. But yeah, I mean, I will say like just understanding that like I wasn't able to provide for a child, what can I do to give that child the absolute best life that yeah. he deserved? And I'm sure there's other people listening. Do you ever want to see your son? Is it your son, right? Yes. Yeah. Do you ever want to see your son again? Where do, Where is that at right now? Let's Now let's fast forward 20 years. You're yeah. older. You're in a different place in your life. How do you feel about seeing your son or yeah, just share? Yeah. I mean, I, I welcome that with like open doors and I hope, and it's, literally inspired my entire career. It has inspired everything that I'm doing Ugh. that I want to make him proud. Yeah. That he saw, okay, you didn't just, you know, become complacent or I don't know, like just do just anything. Like I was like, no, I'm going to follow my dreams because because of you, yeah. I got the opportunity to have a second chance yes. and to do that and discover that. And I was older and, you know, all everything, it just all happened, you know, for a reason. And and so my drive it has always been like when I do meet him, because I would love to manifest that in my life and I would love to introduce my son now to him yeah. and create, you know, some sort of family if that would ever be possible and just, yeah, make him proud. And I want to like, sh and I appreciate you like sharing that. I think that second chance is what we all want in life. You know, this side tangent, but this cancel culture is canceling people because they're still growing and they're, they're, they go back oh into gosh. these archives Absolutely. of canceling people. And it's like, wait, you're acting like they knew that information 20, like 10 years ago. Like, right. you can't allow us to evolve. So I actually commend you. You're, you're allowing yourself to evolve. You're allowing yourself to grow. And, you know, there are people out there that are in that same boat of, you know, we have these past decisions that propel us to be better business people, mm -hmm. entrepreneurs, mothers, you know, like you do have your second son. And many entrepreneurs draw strength and resilience from personal experiences like yourself. How have your emotions and lessons from your experiences of giving your son up for adoption influenced your entrepreneurial journey? You mentioned that earlier. I want to hear that. Sure. I mean, I don't think that there is anything harder than giving up a child. Yeah. Chills. Yeah. And so as hard as this entrepreneurial journey has been and continues to challenge me, I feel like there's nothing compared to that. And especially at that age, being so young. And so I think it gives me strength and gives me power. And it, you know, fuels me to keep going, knowing that in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's not as challenging as what I've been through. And I can do anything. How have you not let those that inner critic creep in. You know, we all have those inner judgments or the judgments from others. And frankly, if you're watching this, please don't judge. This is a very safe place for all of us. You know, we all are on this journey for happiness, hence the even just the title of this podcast. But how have you not let that inner critic come in and let that guilt creep in? And how have you really accepted that decision? How have you done that for yourself? Um, so I would say just entrusting my, my heart and my intuition and my what I feel in my soul, which is I did what was best for my son. And that brings me peace. 
I could never have provided for him. I could never have provided, I could have, you know, something, but it would never have been what I gave him, which I was able to pick his parents. I was able to meet his parents. I knew that they were going to adopt another little girl. Yeah. And they did. And they had dogs and, you know, just like all of these things that like. Safer, yeah, safer than what you could have done at that point. I I couldn't have done that at 19. Right. With, yeah, absolutely. That is, I mean, that's, you say you're religious are you spiritual? I am too. I don't think there's anything wrong with a blend of being spiritual and having God in your life. I think God has asked that for you. I mean, he gave you that blessing to see how safe the environment was for your son to be in. Absolutely. I think that's the point of, you know, I really have been embracing this saying it takes a village mm-hmm. and it does, you know, oh, throughout my all aspects of our life. Like, Yesterday, I 100%. lost my driver's license. I couldn't get my rental car. I had seven bags. And so I'm like, good thing I grew up here because I have friends from all over. I'm like, hey, can I store my bags? Instead of like being upset or like just so frustrated, I was like, you know what? Like it takes a village, whether it is a son or it is work related. But I mean, that saying for you, I'm sure applies to you, especially going into fa- Paris Fashion Week and hosting this event. You have no idea. <laughs> And, and I used to be afraid to ask for help. I mean, I don't Same. know about you, but I was like, 100%. I wore it on my back. Like it was yep. pride and ego. Yep. I mean, do you relate? <laughs> I could not relate to you more. Right. Asking for help has been one of the hardest yeah. thing, lessons, yeah. challenges in my life. And especially this year, um, I have had one of the hardest years in my career and in my personal life, just challenges that continually try to knock me down. Yeah. And couldn't be here if I didn't, like you said, remove ego and just be like, I need help. Yeah. Like this is just where I'm at. Like yeah. we have Megan Fox wearing her jewelry. Yeah. We have Cardi B wearing her right. jewelry, but yet like I'm struggling. So like I need help yes. and people have showed up for me. And mm-hmm. I mean, and then like a whole nother layer is like my team, like all of these, the people who support me behind the scenes, behind the scene of Aaron Feeder jewelry, like hustling every day to make shit happen for us, to make the brand be stay elevated and work with all of these girls and nurture our clientele. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's multiple villages. <laughs> yeah, and I think the big piece is just, you know, the power of help. I, mm-hmm. I like I was talking about this the other day with a friend and like the power of help can go as big as, you know, planning a huge event or going to New York, for instance, your instance, going to New York, Paris Fashion Week or me. Can you just store my bags? Absolutely. Like, little or small. I think big or small. We don't even have to label. It's all equal. Absolutely. And I think asking for more help has been probably it sounds like one of your biggest success tips. What else has helped you as elevate your business and have it grow because you started it from you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> crazy I just, we gotta, I know you're like, wait, what? Wait, really? <laughs> I really am doing this, but you are doing it. Oh my gosh. No, it's wild. I was journaling last night and it's just like, take a moment. You know, it's, it's hard. It's hard when you're in this wild fast ride to take moments and remember that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just, I definitely, it's been so many people in my life who have just continually supported me and helped build me up that have helped create what we have today. So let's talk a little bit about your jewelry and how, you know, you said that you're putting your son up for adoption has really propelled you. What other things in your career and your personal life has really enabled you to succeed? I would say 
I am a big component um, or proponent of um, just rituals. Okay. Rituals um, are very big to me. So yeah. just morning rituals, evening rituals. I mean, again, back to the self-care, but like truly believing like, it. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And yoga, meditation, everything that I put inside my body, like yeah. all of these things, like I try to you know, honor this as some sort of temple and knowing that my performance levels are all based on what goes inside, not only in my body through, you know, through food, but also the thoughts that I think in my head and in my mind. And so um, just positive thinking. And, you know, I've used different techniques as far as just affirmations and things like that. I mean, it's it's up to us to build ourselves, you know. Preach, absolutely. And so putting in just, you know, and it and it never happens overnight. Just like working a muscle as an athlete, like everything that we want to build and create takes time and just continuing to be, you know, repeat that and and just stay consistent in any sort of change that you want to make in your life. That is what helps elevate you in in your life, whether that's just your personal life or your business, I think. And I think believing it is a huge thing. Like, mm-hmm. don't just follow people because you see everyone posting and taking a green drink. Like, oh my gosh, I, I, yes. Don't do that because someone else is doing it. And if you are doing it like that, let's like reset and maybe reach out to me because like, you know, like it just, I really believe in that proponent of believing that it's fueling you. It's good for you. It's part of you. It enables you What's your morning ritual? I'm so nosy. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're good. Um, So my morning ritual is, so I don't touch my phone until after I have taken my son to school. So keeping my mind uh, free from technology is first. That's amazing. And foremost. Um, And then I do a 10 to 15 minute, like, so I'll wake up before my son and I'll do a 10 to 15 minute meditation then I I read, I've got like some a philosophy book that, you know, it's just like daily philosophy. Yeah. And I'll read my little books, you know, and then just water, like only yeah. water, no okay. tea or coffee. Okay. Um, I intermittent fast. And then after I take my son to school and he's all set, then I work out and get my workout done in the morning. And then after that, I start work. Is there any circumstance? Because, you know, we all have lives and life happens. How do you stay on track when like life pops up? Grace, grace. I mean, I just like nothing is nothing is ever going to be perfect. And right. just being like, okay, like I'm going to let it go. Like this morning I didn't have as much time, but I did 15 minutes of yoga. So that's enough. Saying that that is enough for me. Whatever I can do right. in do the space something. and the time. Absolutely. Do something. Yes. For you first. Absolutely. Because, yeah. You have your son. You have the business. You have a lot of responsibility outside of your ritual that I think people like if you don't prioritize it, it will never be a priority is what I'm hearing you say. Like you make time, whether it's the whole morning ritual or getting one of that done. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like being proud of yourself for doing that, like taking it and being like, amazing. I didn't do 45 minutes on the Peloton. I did 20 minutes on the Peloton. I didn't do 30 minutes of yoga. I did 10 minutes, whatever it is. Like, but when you do it and you actually like commit to it, you will always feel better after. So yeah. don't worry about the time. Just worry about the commitment and worrying about showing up. And once you do that, it will set your day for success. 
I mean, I, I, I you guys should be taking notes right now because like this is gold. Um, <laughs> I think also when it comes to like this morning ritual, like of course there's always going to be uncomfortability when you first start something out or, you know, does this really feel right? Key is like do what like experiment. Like, yes. it's not like you just yes. woke up like, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to do my <laughs> intermittent fasting. I'm going to turn off my phone. Like, you probably had to create an awareness first. So maybe, like, what's distracting me? Oh, my phone, mm-hmm. you know? And then set yourself up. Like, really analyze the fact that, you know, I have to do what I want to do and experiment with that. How did you fall into that? What were, like, your morning ritual wasn't always this way, right? Oh, my gosh, absolutely. No, like, truly... Like getting to the point where I was having severe anxiety and panic attacks because I was spending way too much time on my phone and I was going to sleep with it at night and I was waking up in the morning and I'm like, what is the common denominator here? What am I doing? I'm literally like killing myself just for work. So it wasn't like this just happened for me and I figured out a routine. It was literally like my body shutting down and saying, if you don't fix this, we will shut down for you. you Right. Like you have no decision. Exactly. You needed that change. Exactly. It's almost like an emotional rock bottom. I'm hearing like you hit an emotional rock bottom that you're like, wait, my life is suffering. And you know, I can take, I can take a page out of your book. Like if it kind of, takes away from my life, then maybe I should take away the thing that is taking away my life. Absolutely. And I mean, our phones are like created to literally take our lives away. It's crazy. And so there are like algorithms that are basically like doing that as that's their success is to take our lives away from us. So it's not easy, you know, to regulate. Right. And, And so again, it's just like setting those goals and start with like, if you can, like start with just the morning, then start with maybe eliminating in the evening, like again, small little chunks. And then as you feel better about yourself, as you feel proud, like you've accomplished something in some sort of routine or ritual and you start to feel better, then you're like, oh yeah, I can take this to the next level and I can do this Just keep even more. more. Yeah, absolutely. One thing. All right. So this thought just totally popped in my head. You have your son. How does he, does he do your morning routine with you? Does he like <laughs> do your ritual? Like how do you balance? Because I don't have kids and I'm sure there's mothers out there, me being just nosy is how does your son do it? Like what oh do you gosh. do on, when you have your, I'm just curious. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, So I try to wake up, you know, I have to wake up earlier in order Before for this him. routine to even happen. Okay. Um, And then with him, so it's so cute, like <laughs> him just seeing me in my like routine and ritual, like he'll be like, I'm going to do yoga, you know, like he doesn't do it, but he just comes and like- to be a part of it. Yeah, does uh, a downward dog and like for like the 30 seconds, you wait, know? And, and that probably looks so like warms cute. your heart because yes. you, hopefully he takes a piece into his later life, you absolutely, know? Absolutely, absolutely. So, and then, you know, it's like, I'm a single mom now, so my life has shifted very dramatically in the past six months. And so now, like, in order for me to maybe get my workout in on a weekend, I'm like, okay, buddy, you get TV. So he's going to go hang out and watch TV, and he's super happy doing that. And then after that, I feel better. He's fine. And then we go on our adventure for the day, whatever that looks like, you know? But he sees me prioritizing myself. And then I think that is so important in relationships and, you know, in child parent relationships, if they see that they're going to, you know, do that in their own lives, hopefully someday. I I couldn't agree more. And I think that I love the way society is progressing now and you you hit it spot on. But in the old days, I would say old days, because like every year things just grow. But society used to say you take care of others 
before you take care of yourself, meaning that you like it's very outer directed, like you're very like everything is about your kid or everything is about your mom and dad or everything is about anything else but yourself. And I just love how society is shifting things in terms of, no, you put your own mask on. You do you before you do anyone else. And you just said it like when I take care of myself, my son benefits and I can be more present with him. Absolutely. You can spend 10 hours with your son, but are you on your phone? Are you working? Or you be intentful, you do you, and then you show up for your son even if it's for two hours. Yep. And, you know, frown upon putting your kid on TV. I don't have that. But, you know, you can only do so much. Absolutely. And no freaking shame. If you need help, if you need to do you for like when you need to do yourself, do that. I mean, I just there's so many judgments and I'm just like, we're all just trying to make it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's um, like, yeah, I think that's just so important. Showing up, showing up for Jack yourself. Jack is over here in the background, like snapping us and clapping. It's we got a little, we got a little cheerleading squad. Yes, here. we do the best. All right. So, lastly, just as our podcast, fo- as the podcast focuses on hustle for happiness, could you share any practical tips or advice for our listeners who are looking to infuse more happiness into their daily lives, both personally and professionally? Absolutely. Um, I would say, you know, it can be so simple. It doesn't have to be what it looks like on social media because that is all smoke and mirrors. And it's about how you feel like every day, how you feel, how you want to live your life. And if you can connect with yourself and do something that makes you feel good, it doesn't matter what it is because you're the only one who matters. Yeah. So it's like whether, you know, whether it's your artistic creativity using that or, you know, a gift you have, or whether it's like being a server and like loving to be around people, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. And it, and it social media like does not matter either. It is not no. reality and it is not real life. And we need to focus on our own lives. And by doing that and looking inward and feeling what we feel and focusing on that, I think will just take us all to greater heights. And I think just to add on to that, what really helps me because, you know, I was, when I say my family, I say my adoptive family, but my mom, and I say my adoptive mom, because that's my mom, is she, I wanted to be an artist. And I just think like, you can do, you just said, be that server, be that whatever. I wanted to be an artist. And I was told like, that doesn't make enough money. And like, that's how my process was. Fast forward, people are making money doing anything. Yes. And so I just want to like hone in on that. Follow the passion, but also like social media is one thing, but I also get out of the head of other people. Yes. Like I hear that you're just like, that's what you're, you're literally your blinders are on and just go for it. Absolutely. And then, so that's professionally, personally, same kind of thing, right? Yeah. I mean, again, it's like find, try to find some rituals, try to find some routines, try to connect with yourself. And I'm by doing that, I mean, we don't have that much time. I agree. So don't waste it. Yeah. And be with the people that you love, you know, and do the things that you feel good at and, you know, feel good doing and take time, like slow down too. <sighs> I mean, that is the other thing slow that down. I need is to do that. so important. Like yeah. even just, you know, yesterday, like it, it was like, oh my God, I'm in San Diego. Like I need to go to the beach and get on the sun, like watch the sunset. Yes. Yes. And like, yes, there's a million things that I need to do, but like, what do is you the really point? need to? Yeah. Like, right? what, like what, like at the end of the day, like 
what filled my soul was doing that so much more. And then I'll figure the rest out, you know? Right. Like I'm hearing like this piece of like, what does everyone else expect that I need to do or what, how to please other people? Whether it's, do I need to post? Do I need to do this? Do I need to work? Yeah. What does my soul need? Like, I love that question. Like, what does my soul need right now? And you listen to that, that intuition piece and slowing down. I think that like, life, at least for me, I was just talking to James about this. I was like, life seems to be going too fast and it's kind of freaking me out. But that was like the message I needed to hear today was to slow down. Mm -hmm. Guys, go watch a sunset. Go stand in the sun. Go walk barefoot. I appreciate you so much for coming on the podcast. As we wrap up, where can people find you? Sure. So you can find us at AaronFaderJewelry.com. Then on Instagram, we're at AaronFaderJewelry. And yeah, you can find us in Paris. We'll be in Fashion Week in three weeks. And she has a personal account too. What is your personal account? Um, so it's Aaron underscore Fader. So that's going to be obviously more of my my personal life and my son and all that stuff. So. And she's going to Fashion Week. Follow her. That's right around when this podcast is launching, actually. So, Yay! And then we do have a discount for our Hustle for Happiness listeners. What is that code? Hustle20. Hustle20. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for having of me. Course. Aaron's story underscores the importance of responsibility, not as a burdensome duty, but as a profound act of love and care. Her willingness to make difficult choices for the well-being of her child exemplifies the raw and heartfelt responsibilities we all bear in our lives. We've learned from Aaron that being responsible doesn't just mean fulfilling obligations. It means making choices that reflect our deepest values and the love we hold for those we care about. It's a theme that resonates deeply in her life's journey. As we conclude this episode... I encourage you to take a moment and to reflect on Aaron's story and how it might intersect with your own life. Perhaps it's a reminder to embrace responsibility with authenticity, to make choices guided by your values, and to pursue happiness with a genuine determination. Thank you for joining us on the Hustle for Happiness podcast. I hope today's episode left you better than when I found you. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and tune in every Monday to kickstart your week and set your weekly intentions with me. You can find me and HFH on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok or online at heycourtneybrook.com. I firmly believe in the power of sharing. If you know someone else who would benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. And remember, when you work on you, I get to be there.